0: man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's
1: how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile.
2: And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played.
1: You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. No, oh, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it.
2: You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway only on The Athletic Podcast Network.
3: Okay, here we go, here we go. But I'm not Domino. That's a shout hey. out to Long Beach Bars. and Biggie. Yep, <laughs> this is Jason Jones.
2: This
1: is Kenny Caraway. Welcome to the Throne Room Breakdown. Jason, what's going on with you, bro?
3: Nothing much, you know. Same old. Enjoying the uh, versus battles over the weekend. Listening to my favorite my personal greatest of all time ice cube breakdown his first solo album america's most wanted yeah 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 then seeing nelly go against luda you know
1: that was was trash i'm just i'm just gonna say it i'll just put it out there nelly and Ludacris. i don't deny the the hits that they have and the the what they have on their career but they're the classic like these songs were hot at the time and i probably will never play them now that i'm out of that time I think Except really for like, what's your fantasy, That's, you gotta, that might be it.
3: You got to dig into Lou's actual non-radio songs. she has got some bars.
1: Oh, he can he's he can rap like he can yeah, rap his gotta, ass off. You gotta, you gotta but the hits the just don't they don't tend they don't stand the test of time.
3: Maybe, maybe not. I think some of them do. But enough. I guess you know we got we do have a special guest on this edition of the throne room breakdown, a good friend of mine, good friend of Sacramento basketball, pretty much yeah, yeah. all bas all basketball. My good friend uh basketball mind, trainer extraordinaire, and also my part time uh training partner virtually, Keith Williams <laughs> is in the building. What's
0: going Keith on? Was Keith, what's good, man? Man, thank y'all for having me, man. hey Jason, we, we, we created quite a partnership. And yeah. I, I'm glad that we was able to work out. Glad that we were able to do that. Hey, look, both of us were really chunky at that time.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we was chunky and traveling, them post-game meals. It's like, okay, well, what's open?
0: <laughs> well, that's right. That's right.
3: And then at that point, the kings were so just trash in so many ways, in terms of just <laughs> the games I had to watch and just dealing with them. I'm like, you know what? Let me get me a big meal because I, I feel drained from watching that.
1: Hey, man, <laughs> so, leave, Grievous, leave Grievous Vasquez out of this, man. Hey, that Grievous was my
3: dude. I, I like Grievous. <laughs> I like Grievous. It, the thing is, it was never the players. It was just the overall atmosphere of being around the Kings. It, like, sucked the energy out of you. I mean. I can believe it. You know, you traveling with these guys and they got to answer relocation questions and none of them have an answer. You don't <laughs> have an answer. The people who you should be asking aren't there. Yeah, and so we right. all were kind of in, I think I was joking with Darren Collis, and I've joked with DeMarcus about this too, Like, like a little fraternity of guys who survived that era of Kings basketball.
1: Survived. That's a damn thing. And it, to, and it, and it had
3: nothing. I said, you think the stuff on the court was bad. Everything else was <laughs> <laughs> just being around well, wasn't fun.
0: You know what, though? The fans were great, though. I will admit that. They had an incredible fan base in Sacramento, in spite yeah. of all the losing. An incredible fan base. Shout out to the Sacramento fan base. Yeah, they're
3: they're they're better. They're they're better than me. I'm telling you, they're better than me.
1: <laughs> it's interesting you say that, Keith, because <laughs> uh, you you being an East Coast guy, you know, you're in the D.M.V. area. You've seen it all. You've seen basketball on all levels, everywhere. I'm from, born and raised in Sacramento, and you know, I, I always like to get the view of outsiders that come into the city and, and how they feel about, you know, the basketball knowledge and the passion. I mean, and to hear you say that, you know, they were great fans and they were really into this team. That's uh, something that seems to stick with, you know, this fan base every time somebody brings brings uh, brings up the Kings.
0: No, I agree, man. I was surprised at the gym. And and, and I, don't want, I don't want Sacramento people to take this the wrong way, but me, myself, and DeMarcus coming in Sacramento, the gym was so old. We was like – Coming from from Kentucky, this was a step down. But (laughs) once the game got started, you know, the fan base was really there. And I I know that Sacramento people really, really love DeMarcus. And if I had a basketball wish, I hope they try to bring him back. That's that's my wish. And deep down inside, don't quote me, but I know he wants to come back. I know that. I know I wrote that a story I, about and, and, I wrote a story yeah, I about that, that on on or or some you know behind the scene would love to come back.
4: Mm.
3: Yeah and let me just back up everybody just in case they don't know uh Keith was was working with DeMarcus when before DeMarcus got drafted when he came to Sacramento hence his being around the Kings so much it was the uh, Keith was one of the guys that if say a Paul Westfall couldn't reach DeMarcus or a Keith Smart couldn't reach DeMarcus, Keith could always reach DeMarcus because you know uh, Keith kept it real with him. People think that I mean it's, I don't want this to make this the whole DeMarcus cousin show because you know Keith is much more than just having worked with DeMarcus. But <laughs> I mean we got some, we got a lot of guys to touch on, you know, especially coming from that DMV area. So era, you know, I'm a uh, we were in Oklahoma City one time and. I'm like, where Keith go? He over ah. there chopping it up with Kevin Durant. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I forgot <laughs> yep, Kevin Durant right. from back that's there. Right, yeah. I forgot Kevin Durant back there. You know, so but just, but yeah, Keith was out there with DeMarcus, you know, and working with him. And one of the one of the things that was kind of a consistent theme at that time with the Kings throughout the organization was just a lack of communication. No one could can figure out how to talk to anybody. So it became where it's like, well, shoot, if the coach can't talk to DeMarcus. Maybe Keith can. And it was it, to me, the issue with that was that it made it seem like DeMarcus this, this, this tyrant. And it wasn't that he was a tyrant. He was just, he was 19.
0: Mm. <laughs> he
3: right. was 19 going on 20. He wasn't a bad kid. He was just young and he was emotional. And
0: he's a kid. He's a kid. He's not this city kid, this the real street savvy and all that. He was a country kid, a good kid, who really liked to smile and dance. That's really what he likes to do, because he's a talent all the way around and he's got great humor, but when he's not comfortable, you don't get a sense to see the real him. Yeah,
3: and I have, you know, I look I'm fortunate enough. I've seen the real him. And, you know, people even when I was covering him for the newspaper back in the day, I guess people wondered was I quote unquote too close to him. And I was like, Hold up, y'all don't get mad at them other folks for being quote unquote too close to somebody.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> and I said, and it's not like I'm on DeMarcus's payroll. I even gave them some, some mess because when that HBO documentary came out, I mean, Showtime, I'm like, how you got oh, people yeah. from, the, from the national media talking about your time in Sacramento and not me? <laughs> right. And I was, right, I was right. there for all of it. Right. All of it. I said, but I,
0: every, I you know that wasn't him. That was oh, I, brother yeah. Brother. I, yeah,
3: I, yeah I, I know it, it wasn't, it. but you know, I, I you know I always give him some mess anyway. When I saw him with the Lakers, I was like, "It's about time you got the right colors on." They tried to get you out of here for years come ago. On, but Jason, you come it. on,
1: Jason. Come on, Jason. Come on, He fought
3: it. He fought it. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He was. Like, and that's why we love him go. out
1: here, man. That's why we love him out here because he 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 loyal to the soil, man. He showed love out here, man. We, we a we lot got of love guys, for cuz.
3: A, a lot of Kings guys who didn't want to leave ended up gone. Like <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> Isaiah didn't want to go. Nah. Gone. Tyreek Love Sacramento
1: gone. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Like you right yeah. about that though. It and, and Demarcus, two guys that two All Stars that uh, wanted to be here for the longest. It was like a big thing to get people to want to be here. I know the story. Chris Webber crying as he's on the airplane coming into Sacramento and all this other stuff. And you had two guys that wanted to be here, and somehow they couldn't figure out how to keep them. I, I
3: can't it. be mad at Webb though. Webb was leaving Chocolate City. Shout out
1: to DC, man. Shout Webb out to DC.
3: A, he was a young black man, rich living in DC, and you're going from that to Sack. I I'd have cried too. <laughs> I, I would have cried too. What? I didn't have some good. I did have some good fun in DC. <laughs> and it's no not what? like sac- not like Sacramento. So but yeah, Keith, I want to kind of just back it up a little, talk about your background. Let people know, you know, fill people in on just how you got into this business, you know, your your career and just some of these guys that you've been able to come in contact with over your, you know, your time in the
0: business. Well, on the backdrop, and I don't know if y'all got a chance to see the uh, documentary, In the Water. It's, um, it's on my list right now, amazing. man. It looks real
1: good, man. I got to check that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was enough to be a part of that. And it spoke to you know, all the talent in the Prince George's County area, in which I uh, early you know originally grew up. And I was a pretty good basketball player coming up. Um, didn't do anything in school. So I ended up at a black college, but that was a great experience at University of Maryland, Easton Shore, where I was black college All-American. And I did really well. And ultimately, um, I went to Paul Smith and got a tryout with a New Jersey net. And I made it to the final cut, and that's what—that's when I learned the business. You mm-hmm. gotta have, a, at that time, you gotta have a good agent that's connected. If you're undrafted, mm-hmm. and you know, I took a couple of years off, and then I decided I wanted to uh, teach the game. You know, I wanted to get into the business, but I—I I had children, and so I had to figure out how do I do this and take care of my family. You know, I had two kids at the time, and a good friend of mine by the name of Keith Green, he was working at Nike, and he gave me kind of a blueprint on like what I should charge, you know, how I began to go about it. And I started at about age 28 and I've been blessed to have, my first big client with Steve Francis. I've had Gerard Mustaphe, Tony Massenburg, uh, Mike Beasley, uh, Lawrence Molden, obviously Markel Fultz, Katie who played in my uh, AU program, Ty Lawson, Dante Cunningham, Chris Wilcox, De'Lonce West, Eddie Basin, Demar Johnson. I, I could name everybody that y'all go see in the documentary. I don't want to hold all the time up, but pretty much anybody was anybody in the DMV and in Baltimore, because I had Dante Green and Mark Carcher, uh Josh Shelby, and a lot of those guys as well, because I, I lived outside of Baltimore um, once I got older. Uh, I was blessed to have, kind of have, you know, I did videos and. I used to write I write articles for better basketball, which at the time was the biggest online basketball magazine in the world. So now I've been truly blessed, man, and obviously some kids with some talent. And I've been able to, you know, get them to take that next step. And again, i you know, I've had a number one pick, I've had uh AFC France Francis well, obviously. I've had four number two picks, and number five pick, and number seven, number fourteen pick. So, man, it's been a blessing, man. And I haven't had to work any jobs. I, I've been in basketball for my last 24 years and living. So I can't complain at all.
1: And, so, Keith, you, you brought up a, a plethora of names right there. A couple of former Kings. You're about Ty Lawson and Dante Green. But one, one name sparked my interest the most right there, and it took me back. I just need you to spend like a a minute and a half, two minutes talking about that boy Stevie Franchise, man. Because that boy was so cold, bro. He was so cold. I was probably about 13, 14 years old watching him in Maryland and everything. And, man, that boy was bad, man. What's some of your memories about about Stevie coming up, man?
0: Well, like I said, that was my family. And it was a funny story because they had a trainer, a guy out of California. I forget his name right now. But he was well-known. And he couldn't get down to D.C. to work him out. And Jason Mascari, Steve's best friend, was like, I got a guy. And I basically got Steve by not giving him all the calls and workouts, by not by not dating, by telling him, you should get the least amount of calls. But answering your question, man, the kid had a beautiful feel and creativity to his game, man. And I still never... Actually, seen a guard maybe outside of Westbrook that that explosive and dunking. I don't mean just how high, but how physically they dunk. Those guys dunking like they're power forwards. You can look at Westbrook and Steve. Very rarely did they get challenged at the rim. You know what I mean? The big men knew, like, Nah, I'm cool. You know, they make (laughs) quick business decisions, like I'm gonna leave that alone. (laughs) But, but Steve man was special man and had the injuries. Not caught up to him, you know. He would have had a Hall of Fame career, but he was in the heyday with Iverson and them. And you go back and look at his highlights. There's not a guy that got better highlights. When he was on it, he was on it. I think three, four time All Star. And Peter Bessie wrote an article about him, about about the whole NBA, and they said, "What would each player be if they played to their full potential?" And Bessie had him as a thirty point, ten rebound. Mm-hmm tennessee guy, right, which Westbrook mm-hmm. became. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was sky's of lemon. ESPN was really behind Stevens. He had a great story. His first big cover was with uh, Destiny's Child, which is incredible. He was in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and He came <laughs> at the right time, man, but the injury slowed him down. But uh, special talent, you know, again, the thing with all he's got, he's a really good kid, man. To this day, we still talk and communicate a lot uh, uh special i'm glad i had the opportunity to be around him i learned the business from him in terms of what the marketing people are looking for and how they how they look at our kids black kids how they look at them how they figure out you know who they can market and obviously the political side you know he wasn't friendly with vancouver during that time that's why he didn't go number one he kind of treated them bad and i believe the powers that be said hey Elton Brand wanted to go to one because he was, you know, he's more political. He just didn't know, you know what I mean? He just didn't understand the business at the time. But special talent, man, and even more special person.
3: Yeah, I remember when he got drafted, just the emotion of, like, him having to go to Vancouver and everyone was killing him. And I was saying, I I wasn't an adult. I was still a kid then, but I'm saying, think about it. This is, sports is the one area where, you get done and you ready to go to work. You have no server where you work.
4: Hmm.
3: No. <laughs> you <right. You're> right. <laughs> so talking about a kid coming from you know the DMV area, moving all the way across the country to another country?
1: i was about to say moving that, out of the country. <laughs> yeah
3: that 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 might that might have been a scary proposition. And like you said too, these they're still kids. These aren't you know he wasn't 28 when he got drafted. <laughs> but yeah, he was. He has some cold. I mean. I'm thinking guards that size. The only guard around that side, like I said, besides Westbrook, who even has a dunk like, like Steve had was when um, Barron got Karolanko. Oof. Oof.
4: Yeah, that was that's nice. right. That's right. But, yeah.
3: Yeah. But I mean, Steve had you know, a list of highlights like that. Just a little just he he was even one of them guys, when think, he, you know, in 10 years from now, we're going to look back and they do one of those little documentaries about what happened to or what could have been. He's got to be up there because, I mean, he was so cold. People Going back to college, he
1: was cold. He was tough at Maryland, bro. And, he, and I think about, you know, for some of the younger listeners we have on here that didn't live through Steve Francis, I look at him. A little bit like Kyrie before Kyrie, but he had, but like you guys talked about, he had the explosiveness to finish strong at the rim, not just with the jelly, he could do that too. But he could, he could go on top of your head, you know, at the rim too. And he had that type of handle, that type of deceptiveness with his crossovers and hesitations and stuff. Like he kind of was like Kyrie before Kyrie in that era. He was, he was.
0: He actually, yeah. he actually was pushed to play like that. Remember, he got the big Reebok deal. And they, they brought him in with the black top shoes. You know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. wanted him to be street. And I know y'all both seen that video when he was like he was really and one against one of these guys in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I told him at the beginning, like, Steve, you can't do that, man. This is the NBA. And he was like, <laughs> Man, F it. And and, and, that, and that's what I loved about that's what I loved about him, you know. So I had that type of confidence to try to do that in front of twenty thousand watching and millions of, on TV. You got to be a special person to do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's real tough.
3: Yeah, so, you know, so how did you come across DeMarcus? I mean, he's not a DMV kid. You know, he's from Mobile, Alabama, with the Kentucky. But, I mean, to this day, I'm pretty sure, I mean, he he vouches for you to this day. So just how did you, that relationship? No, nah, he does.
0: That's, that's my, that's, that's that's the family right there. But, uh, you know, I've been training for a while, and I was kind of looking to, you know, do something else. I was worrying about. At that time, how relevant I could still be, you know, being 40 years old, you know, with the kids still, re- you know, would they react to me the same way um, as when I started? I was in my 20s, you know, not much older than them. And uh, a friend of mine out of New York was like, look, Keith, I can help you. I got a kid. And I was like, who? you like, you the kid crazy. And obviously, Jason, you know, we would hear that theme. We, we would hear that theme a long time about him. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I don't care if he is great. He a kid. I ain't scared of no kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't scared of nobody. I definitely ain't afraid of no kid. And so he said, the Marcus Cousins. And as fate would have it, we were all on the Nike Circuit at that time, and we were playing in uh, Tennessee, Memorial Day Classic. And guess who the second team my AAU team had to play? They had to, we had to play the Birmingham Storm, which was the Marcus Cousins, and. My guy from New York was there, and he introduced me to the mother. And so the whole time they playing us, the Marcus, as you know, Jason, is eyeing me. He's dunking on us, making threes, whatever, and he's looking at me the whole time. And so I'm packing Monique, his mom, who's like a big sister. I said, well, Miss Monique, uh, is there a problem? She's like, don't pay him no mind. You know what I mean? He's just signifying. He's just signifying, you know. And to really speed the story up, um, you know, we were I met him at that time. We weren't that friendly. Just like the NBA, he was being treated unfairly on, on the high school side. As y'all probably know, he was not the, the Gatorade State player of the year that year they gave the Earth Bledsoe, which was crazy. Um and 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 what would happen is his mom got sick one time. And I did what I thought I could do from D.C. at the time. I was like, well, people in the South, what do they do? They keep their refrigerator full all the time. And if they can't do nothing else, they gonna eat. So, as we know, this was illegal back then, but we can say it now. I wired him some money just so he could get some groceries. And he's like, what should I get? And up until that time, Jason, he would only give me one word answer when I came to visit him in Alabama. It was yes, sir, no, sir. That's it. I wasn't getting much. Yes, no. <laughs> Call him on the phone. Yes, no.
3: So I'm just laughing because that I sounds so money. much like him. That it's that's, like that, yeah.
0: that's him. And imagine a 16, 17-year-old him. He was more of mm. an a-hole at that time to a <laughs> And so I, um, I said the money forgot about him. I was in the hospital. I figured, at least when she came home, because well, the way she set her schedule up is she did her 40 hours on the weekend so that all week she could be home with her kids, make sure they get off to school, schoolwork. So, you know, she was a great mom. And the mother called me and was like, you did it, didn't you? And I, I forgot all about it. I said, did what? Did what, Miss Cousins? Did what? She's like, you did it, didn't you? i like, what? You put, that, you put them groceries in there. I was like, Oh, yeah. I said, nah. I said, Demarcus did. I sent the money to Demarcus. She was like, you don't know what you just did. You just got a new son. <laughs> and so what happened now when I called, he was more engaging. And I think he realized, you know, this guy really cares. And from there, we grew. And then I had another uh, coming to Jesus moment with him. I come down there. We were at the end trying to figure out what school to go to, blah, blah, blah. And I was coming to take him to the preseason game, and it was it was Chris Paul and them against the Miami Heat. And I got us front row. I had I had a front row seat. But Demarcus and see this was lost on people about Demarcus. He was like, "Hey, Coach, can you take the whole team now?" Listen, I wasn't planning to spend no three thousand dollars <laughs> on no whole thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna spend a couple hundred on him, of introducing to Chris Paul. He'll further like me. He'll realize, hey, I'm not just a talker. I know all these guys. You know, I work with all these guys. But you know, I I went on and swiped the card, Jay. <laughs> Spent about twenty five hundred. got ooh. seventeen people, co- coaches too. And then remember, I'm only I'm only retraining. Really <laughs> I got a little money, but, again, on that trip to Alabama, I wasn't expecting to spend 3000 in one night. I was not expecting oh. that. Man. <laughs> and, but it it showed me what type of kid he was. And he didn't even want to sit front a rope. He wanted to sit with his buddies. I'm like, in my mind, I like, shit, you want to sit in front a rope? I <laughs> spent too much too much money on these tickets. And the ball came over. I was like, what's up, Coach? And he was like, Coach, you know him, too? You know everybody. And so, you know, from then it kind of grew and, you know, for him, I guess it was like one of the few black men that one he gave an opportunity. And then, you know, along the way, like you do, like we do with our children, he realized, Hey, the old guy's right most of the time. And, um, you know, we grew and we grew. And by the time we got to the draft, you know, um, you know, we were locked in, we were locked in. I, I attended about 15 Kentucky games. So I was right there with him and, and I noticed that we were like a family when I would visit, he would want Bledsoe and Wall to come too, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he's a great kid, man. He, 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 nobody will never really know, Jason knows, but very few people know he's like one of the best, the most genuine people you will ever come across.
2: If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he reminds me of the first time I met him, we were at the Draft Combine. The Kings were picking fifth, so I had a pretty good idea that's who they were going to take because enough had been said about him where he wasn't going to go one or two. That was John and Evan Wall and... Or Evan, yeah, not Evan Wall. You know what I'm
0: talking about. Evan, Evan, Evan Turner.
3: Evan, Evan Turner. Yeah, Evan Turner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. was it Wesley Johnson? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Wesley that whole,
3: you know, well, he wasn't, you know. And so I'm sitting by, I'm asking him all these sacramental questions. And people are asking him stuff like, when's the last time you were in a fight? You you know, and he's looking. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh man. And and this is where me and him connected
3: because he looked at me like, "What's going on?" I looked at him like, "I don't know what the hell these people is asking you that for." (laughs) Right. And so, because at that point at the combine they would bring a guy out two days in a row, so I got talked to him back to back days. And then I wrote this column basically saying, "Hey, I don't care if y'all say he's angry or not. This is who the Kings need. They get punked all the time." They need someone angry. And I said, I said, as bad as they are, someone should be angry. He goes, he goes, you from Sacramento, ain't you? I'm like, well, yeah, why? He goes, you ask all the damn Sacramento questions. <laughs> 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 and, and then we, he comes out for his workout. You know, remember, that's the workout where he basically, he busted Derek. No, we didn't see it, but we find yeah. out he, he, he uh, destroyed yeah. Derek Favors. And so in his mind, he can't believe this guy's supposed to go number two.
0: That's right. nice no, <laughs> was like, upset about it. it. was upset about it. But yeah, I will so, tell you yeah, this, yeah. We, did not, we did not want him to go with Doug Collins. It was a bad mix, a really bad
3: mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just remember that day was funny, too, just because after the workout, uh, old columnist from the Sacramento B.A. laying voice on, she's, like, looking at him, and she's like, are, are you in shape? And he's like, "You, yes. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, I whoa.
0: do remember that. And mm-hmm. then what she
3: does is she like, asks, can she lift up his shirt and see his, like, stomach? Sure, yeah. Wow. And he it's looked wild. at me. He looked at me, and I was like, dude, I, I, that ain't, this, this ain't my people's right here. I don't know what's going
4: on. Right. <laughs> and
3: so me and him just kind of started connecting over just stuff like that. And then when I went down to Mobile that summer, it was a trip because, you know, you know you're know, you on the company. I'm like, hey, where do you want to eat at? He's like, I just want to go to Subway. I said, we, ain't, we can go anywhere you want to go. He's like, I just want to go with Subway. And so I'm sitting there with this six foot ten teenager. <laughs> and all he wanted was two <laughs> Subway sandwiches and like a water and like two waters. Yep. I was like, this is like the cheapest ever. Hey, expensed meal for a, I'm like, my boss wouldn't even believe that I said I expensed a meal with a player and he wanted to go to Subway. <laughs> but from that point on, you know, I wrote this big story about him, about, you know, I went to his high school. You no, know, I met him. and I heard all these stories about him, and they were like, these are stories he don't want you to know, but we're gonna tell you because yep. people need to know what type of kid he really is. Uh, there was a special needs student at his high school, the floor the special needs student. And people don't know this, I mean, I know it I I learned it then. He wouldn't play the game until that girl had a seat.
0: That's right. He's
3: That's like, right. I'm not gonna play until she has her seat. And there was that, and he liked to get this too. He liked to play duck, duck, goose with the kids. Mm-hmm. So picture, picture mm-hmm. him at six, eight, six, nine with a bunch of little five, six-year-olds playing duck, duck, goose and getting up and really chasing these kids. So that's why I always mm-hmm. tell said, I said, I'm gonna expose the world to the softy you really are. You ain't tough. He goes, no, <laughs> shut up, Jay. Shut up. He's like, he's like, shut up, Jay. I'm like, I said, man, you soft. <laughs> I said you, a little, I said you a teddy bear, man. And we we had some funny, you know. There'd be times where he'd be mad, and then once I turn the recorder off, we go back to normal. He, he wasn't necessarily mad at me; he was just mad at situations, you know. Paul Westfall, yeah, the to process, spend, yeah. He Paul like Westfall would suspended him it. for a game or whatever. I have to mm-hmm. ask him about that, then I'd be like, okay, we done. You got that new game album? Yeah, man, that shit is good, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so he understood I had to ask stuff just for the job. But outside of that, like I said, you know, I tell everybody I will defend him. I'm, I'm, I'm never going. You know, I'm always going to defend him because I know where he came from, and we actually probably are a lot more alike than people would even realize. I still tease. It. I would I always tell him, "said, man, your hairline, both of our hairlines moving back." He goes, "No, you old, your shit is gone." <laughs> People are like, no, I'm here. He's like, I'm still working with mine. I'm like, man, just come on home with me, man. I'm like, you, you. yeah,
0: let it go, let it go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So actually, I want to talk, go a little bit about that, you know, just that whole DMV area when it comes all the guys you named, you know, and then KD and all those guys that come through that area. Just what's the, the you know, we talked about the doc, you know, we're gonna, everybody should check it out. I'm gonna check it out myself, but just. We hear so much about you know the New York scene of ba- you know high school you know basketball. You hear about the LA scene with the Drew League. You hear you hear about the Seattle Tacoma area you know area. Mm-hmm. All those guys up there. Mm-hmm. Just what's what's that DMV scene
0: like? You know what? And, and this is an age old thing, but you know you gotta follow the money. And uh, what I mean by that is, see, Prince George's County, and I'm just talking about the county itself. Is is predominantly black, right, and middle class, and I think that afford our kids the opportunities to get on the road at an early age, deal with competition, kids, people you don't know to talk differently from you, play differently from you, and I think we get a jump on people down here uh, in terms of that. And the travel, and we got so many organizations and AAU teams, but it's probably each age group down here is probably 60, 70 teams. Mm. Each age, group, well, I'm talking about 17, 16. So imagine how many keep kids are touching, man. I just think we play more basketball. I think we got one of the best parks and recs situations. In, in the United States I and I think the people who went on record to say that I think we, we were like top three in the country with that. So there's so many gyms and so many opportunities. You know, New York was out in front of it about years ago because it was all about outdoors and it was about that. And now New York's falling falling off really bad. Mm, yeah. So like you say, you got LA, you got the D M V, you got Seattle and you got you still got Chicago to a certain extent. But that, those are basic areas and I think right now per capita, the DMV has more NBA players than anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, for that matter. So I think I think that that pretty much tells the story.
1: No, I was just gonna say I remember Keith a couple of years ago. I think it was during the lockout season, and that's when everybody yep, was real had big the, on games, you know, yeah, 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 playing the pro-ams and stuff. And I was living in LA, and I remember they had the the group of the LA guys. They were going around the country. And kind of beating up on everybody because them boys they play in L.A. They they hoop. I, I, don't, I don't throw no shade out yeah, there. Them yeah, boys L.A. Hoop.
0: came down. L.A. Yeah. came down and played, and, and then we. Now I'm gonna tell you this: we we did send our best team up there because the, I didn't bring Demarcus, but John Wall <laughs> came and then and then we sent a team up there, and yeah. y'all L.A. beat uh, D.C. team. Yeah. Well, I remember, well that. I
1: remember that got set up because the D.C. team beat the L.A. team when they came to D.C. They did. And that That's was like big, like at least game, in LA, yeah. it was like big. It was like, oh snap, they lost. Like what? Like the the boys <laughs> from DC came and got them. And then I remember they came back. The game was at the Pyramid out Long Beach, and um, yeah, and the LA boys is ready. John Wall was balling that day. By the way, I was I was in attendance that day. John Wall was hooping that day, and uh, that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, what what you guys had going on in the in the DMV. And man, all, all the way up into now with this doc opening even more eyes. Them boys is hooping out there, man. <laughs> they hooping for real out in the DMV. I
3: take it serious. I take it serious. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like I said, just got all you, you got to hoop somewhere, somebody pooping in the yeah, DMV. I, I that actually brought me to another thing. Uh, everybody know the last dance, everybody's talking about Jordan, but if you want to be technical, the last dance actually was in DC. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the sad. last dance wasn't that wasn't 98 it was when mike came back just what was the what was the scene like when michael jordan shows up it and, and becomes you know plays for the withers because now you see you know i remember reading back then how those young guys on that team was not happy to be playing with mike they was like hey at this point nah, we more athletic we put, younger we, we can, mike back, we can
0: yeah, Yeah, Kwame Brown and Jerry Juppie, them guys, was not ready at all. (laughs) At all. But, no, the buzz was great, you know, from a fan standpoint. And, man, he played really good. The first year, he averaged about 22, 23 a game. That's crazy. And even that last year, he had a couple 40-point games. Nah, no, he played great. You know, he just wasn't air. He was just Mike. You know what I mean? He wasn't jumping over everybody, but the skill set was incredible. He, he, and, he, and he was still good on D. Still mm-hmm, good on yeah. D. Yeah. I got but that. Nah, uh, that, was, that was a good time, man. I think the wizard did it bad because, you know, they had a deal that when he stopped playing, he was going to uh, regain his ownership. And, you know, they used him. He, he built the franchise back up, the worth of it. And then they didn't want to do business with him no more. But no, nah, that was a good two years for sure.
3: Yeah, I got that Wizards uh, All Star game throwback for Jordan. Yeah, I, got, I, got, yeah. I got that. I got, I got that at the what L A All Star game because you know at the All Star game. If you shop on Monday, everything's half off.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so
3: I just gotta hold that out. When right. I'm at All Star. I hold out till Monday. Then I I cleans up because I'm like, all right. Cool. I don't need I don't need the three and four X no more, so I can get a regular size <laughs> on Monday. So I'd be like, mm, I like I like that jersey. Let me just go ahead and wait just till Monday. So yeah, that was uh yeah, when Mike came back, it was just like he's back again. But yeah, I remember, yeah, you know, shoot that by at that, that point Kobe was like, you know, Kobe. And I remember that game with Kobe, like, I'm going at Mike tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, he did. He tried to come <laughs> out. Kobe was didn't at him. Kobe was getting at him. <laughs> and I
3: think I remember Phil Jackson was like, "I just got to let this kid have this moment between these two guys, and let them do what they're going to mm-hmm. do. Then, you know, re- then remind him, you know what? We got a game to win. And I forget how that yeah, that, that was. Yeah, yeah. Kobe went at him. He's like, mm-hmm, "I'm gonna get you back for '98 and all that." <laughs> That's right. When you yeah. did me dirty. Yeah.
1: So, so Keith, I know, I know you still you know, connected to the streets. Like I said, I'm on the, I'm on the IG. I'm following on the IG. It, you, you might have had a post today about, you know, training somebody during the quarantine, man, on, on the blacktop, taking it back to the blacktop. So I know you got your, 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 your post to the to the streets of the DMV right now. I, it, look, I'm not asking you to rank these players and them, but just tell me, who's next coming out of there, man? Who who should we have our eye on? Who Who's coming out of DMV next, man?
0: Man, it's a bunch of them, but I think, if, you, if we're speaking from the high school, you're going to have the kid Earl Timberlake this is at Miami. Uh, you got to look out for him. Really, really, really good player. 6'5", stocky kid, uh, a do-it-all kid. He, he should be one and done, maybe two, depending on how this whole uh, pandemic thing goes. And then we got a bunch of young kids. Keep an eye out for uh, Kwame Evans Jr. He's a young kid, ninth grade, but... I'm saying his name because I'm telling you he'll be top five pick four years from now. Back then, then, by then, high school will be back in. Um, we got a kid, Ike Cornish, that's out of Baltimore. that's really, really good. So, more than likely, commit to Maryland. He's 11th grader. I got a good friend of mine. I grew up with his son, Benny Williams, who's 6'8". Uh, he, he's 11th grader right now. He'll probably commit to either Syracuse or Miami. So. Yeah, we, we got a, we got some real, real good ones. Uh, Jeremy Roach is that going to Duke this year, um, 6'2", really athletic guard. He's going to be good. Um, Trevor kills, junior high school. So, yeah, it's the same thing, man. We're going to just reload. We got a <laughs> bunch of kids just, just ready, man. And the beauty for them is that this area is so small. It ain't like L.A. where, it's, you know, California where it's really, really spread out. These kids actually see these guys all the time. So it gives them that feeling that, you know, I can I can I can be Markel Forbes. I see him, he, he works out, he shoots at the same courts I do, plays with the same basketballs and I, I think, you know, I think you can't put a price on what that means to a young kid to be, be around to see him, you know, to smell the the NBA guys.
1: Yeah. That's right. Hey, I got a quick question, a quick digression, uh, real quick. I got to ask him. Whatever happened to the Crime Stopper?
0: Uh, Kiel Cost, one of my That guys. boy was you know, a show. Honestly, <laughs> he was too street. He was too street. But That's he was what raised I raised by the streets, you know. Hey. And he just, it just got out of hand. But recently, he's been making a comeback. You know, he's cleaning himself up, you know, not messing with the weed like he was. And he's a dad two times now. And so he's trying to figure it out. He's only about maybe 25. So, you wow. know, he's not, you know, he's, it's not over. But he's got to get moving. But now nah, he was special. Probably the best mixtape you can ever see from a high school player. Right. Especially that when he's boy. so small. And
1: that boy's been un- on the show,
0: man. So unbelievable. He was the show. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm
3: just kinda not to let that, but just I uh, wanted to ask you about, what was it like for you to see Markel be able to bounce back this season, get to Orlando, t- and start to show people? Because I remember, you, like I said, you put me on Markel years ago, Dan. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then he gets drafted number one overall, gets hurt in the Summer League. And then before we know, we're hearing you the reason why he ain't playing.
0: Let's get the backstory. So Scott Curry was there. And I was gonna to try to and Jason and look, look, Jason always get the scoop. Cause Jason called before I could even tell him. Jason like, hey Keith, Mark Hill coming to do. He gonna do. He gonna do a visit here in the sack. And I'm like, Jason, man, that's <laughs> pretty, man. Trying to make himself look good, man. If we can squeeze <laughs> it in, I'll do it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but anyway, no, nah, I'm glad that uh, he's in. A, he's in a market that, you know, the media frenzy isn't so crazy. And he's got an opportunity, you know, to kind of be himself. He's grown up a little bit. You know, his situation, you know, was was a was a tale of, you know, your circle got to be right all the time, man. People don't realize the basketball part is the smallest part for these kids that are really talented. It's who's around them, who's in their circle, and what the people in the circle are saying is going to truly shape. Who these kids are. But no, nah, I'm glad he's getting the opportunity to go. Now he's got a, he's got, now he's show people he's an NBA player. Now he's got to show people he's got to live up to that tremendous p- potential, you know, that he had, you know, because we worked and we worked and, you know, obviously I had a sister he was eight years old and, you know, went to high school with his mom. And so he's like a son to me, even more so than uh, than Demarcus because, you know, I was with him 12 years straight. But the kid has the potential to be, you know, at one day an MVP type player. You know, it's just a matter of does is he able to get all that confidence back and, and kind of run his own show? You know, being be an adult. You know, don't hide don't hide behind mama so much. You know, it's, it's your time to shine now. But no, I'm glad that he, he got that behind him and showed people you know he's not he's not a bus. He's too talented to be a bus, You know, you know the Bennett kid was just an athlete, he wasn't a great player. But this kid's a tremendous basketball player. It happens to be athletic.
3: Yeah, he came to LA and beat the Lakers. I was like, oh, I guess I said, I said, guess Keith was right, Markel can play. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, no, he's yeah, special. He, he's yeah, special. Uh, yeah, he's a... I said, I'm happy for him. Like I said, I was joking before we started about that J. Cole line where he said he prayed for Hill Cause I was like, yeah, That's I'm nice. glad somebody was giving him some, I mean, cause he's, you know, that he was getting killed you know just media wise and i'm like he is he hurt he or was. is he not hurt and you know i don't think the team was doing him a lot of favors by the way they were presenting it man they so, shouldn't have
0: been showing those videos anyway you're supposed to hide him. everybody else is hidden to their right but again the team was trying to protect itself jason you know the business you know as well as i do they you know Everything's a plane. It mm. ain't a mistake. That
3: stuff that stuff wasn't coming out on accident. They mm. wanted to they wanted that, that right. stuff. I took to people all the time. Uh when something's out there, somebody wants it out there for a reason. Someone's telling you something for a reason. It ain't telling you that just because they they're nice people and we just thought you that no, they want it out there for a reason. When I was young in the business, I'd be like, why is he telling me this? I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there, but I'm gonna find out why you told me. Mm. Right. You know, when sometimes right. you find out with these teams, they're putting it out there to make a kid look bad. So, when they want to part ways with that player, they can be like, "See, we told you he wasn't no good." Right. That's right. So, it's yeah, and, game, and, man. And it, it happens it's a more, game. It, it happens more than people realize, you know. You know, we saw, you know, we've seen it a few times in sack. Guy leaves and all, play. and all of a sudden that guy is gone. You hear about with the whole, you know, what a horrible person he was! He was a bad teammate. I'm like, what he was, and I then you right. know, people, and people would tell me that guy was. I said, I was there. Guys didn't hate that guy because I mean, I I've seen it before where people would tell me, yeah, like uh, during the George Carl season, there were people writing only one player didn't like DeMar- didn't like George Carl and it was Demarcus. I was like, no, right. fifteen of them don't like him. <laughs> I and, I would write, like and I would write that and people would look at me like, oh, he's just trying to cover for a DeMarcus. I'm like, no, nobody on this team likes that man. I said, I've never seen players openly question a coach with the coach in the locker room asking me about it. Like I had a player <laughs> ask me, he goes, hey, Jay, come here. When we had Malone here, what was our defensive strategy? Do we have <laughs> one now? And literally he's, he's asking useless. me this as George Carl is walking by me. <laughs> he's like, do we have one now? And I was like, I don't know. what. I said, y'all switch everything. He said, exactly. It Don't make no damn sense. And damn. I'm like, man. <laughs> and you know, I was like, poor George. These guys don't care. <laughs> like, poor George. Poor George. But yeah, was, uh, like I said, I'm gonna write a book one day about this, some of the things I've seen in Sacramento. This. Oh man, that yeah, you gonna yeah, have just, a bestseller too. People yeah, just don't know. You know and I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Cuz write the forward. <laughs> be like yeah, hey, hey man, you tell everybody what we saw. You know, <laughs> and to this day, people still tease me about because I think we were in Oakland and I'm in the locker room. Me and him start talking. I think it was like Mark Spears and Chris Haynes. I'm like, oh, look, they're reunited. I'm like, hey, I was cool with dude when y'all was they saying he was a bad person.
4: <laughs>
3: I said y'all got on the boat, late. I'll leave. I said y'all leave him alone. If anybody gonna talk crazy to him, it's gonna be me. And he talks
1: crazy. And,
0: with and me a too. special talent, man. So special talent. Incredible talent.
1: Ho- hopefully man one day down the road everybody's paid everything's good we can bring it on back to sacramento man we, like i said sat got Let's so, so much love now. for cuz man they can
4: get
1: him now. Get hey him they now. got we got so much love for him out here man like it, it it's crazy man cuz cuz got to come back at least one more time in his career uh, that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for
3: and like i said too i said uh, when he's done playing his jersey needs to be retired Oh yeah. I, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I said, I don't care what they say about how it ended. I don't care. His, I said that that his his name is all over the record books for Sacramento, and he wasn't even there long, and he, he, he did it during one of the worst times. I mean, I want people to appreciate it. it's not just him, all those guys. You playing not knowing where your team is going to be. Like, they ended two seasons not knowing where they were going to play next season.
1: Mm, crazy.
3: They I mean that happened, people forget that happened twice. It wasn't just the last time with Seattle. They thought they were gonna be in Anaheim, they're gonna be in Virginia. They didn't know where they were gonna be. That that's just amazing in itself. You would have, you know, that much going on and for a player to get drafted into that.
1: And he was yeah. 20 years old, man. He like you said, he a kid.
3: Mm, yeah, I don't know. If I was 20 with money, I, God knows what I would have done. <laughs> I, well, he I have an idea. I, I have an idea what I would have did, and it wouldn't have been good. I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be making fun of them players with a hell of a kid. Because I'd be one of the players with a hell of a kid. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I got rich at twenty, so yeah. Here, here are my four or five children. Yeah, that would have been be,
1: me. We'd be calling Jason Jones' future. That's what we'd be
3: calling. <laughs> 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 I'd be having, I'd be having birth, you know, uh, child support parties. Like, okay, one down, six to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, Keith. Man, hey, man, we appreciate you, bro. Hopping on the throne room breakdown. You come on here anytime, man. If if you make your way back out here to to sack, man, hey, definitely pull up on us, man. For real.
0: Nah, for sure, man. I I, I owe Jason, man. We was going through all this crazy stuff with Mark the last couple of years, but I definitely owe Jason to come out and check y'all guys out, man. Let me know, man. I definitely come on, man, and speak on some basketball subjects and you know, where the game is going and whatever y'all are talking about. I, I I've been getting on a lot of podcasts and stuff lately. It's been it's been good, man. I think it's good that we are able to talk and, and give more more real information out to the masses, man, because most people don't have a clue about how the business really actually works.
3: hmm Yeah, they don't understand what's you know, some of the pressure these guys are under. The way some of the stuff works and how teams can even benefit from a guy having a bad rep. It's like, you know, if DeMarcus doesn't have a bad rep, there's no way he goes five.
1: Right.
3: He should have went no lower than two in that draft.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't no you know, I you mean know, he probably should have yeah. been he probably should have been on one. I, I love John, um, but hey, DeMarcus, his career says he's a better he's been a better player than John. And in spite of the injury, the John Barrett, too.
3: Mm hmm. And, you know, you know, the thing is, Demarcus never had a Bradley Beal with him. Right. You know, yeah, he, you know he's, never, he's, had he's never he never played with an all star caliber player till he got to the what till he got to New Orleans. And yeah. people forget when he got hurt with the Achilles, he was destroying the
0: league. He was
3: destroying the league at that point. And I was happy for him. I was like, look, at it. people are finally seeing what he is, and you weren't hearing all these leaks about what a bad person he was. I'm like, funny how all that stuff stopped when he got out of Sacramento. Damn. You no, know, you know, you weren't hearing all these leaks about this happened in practice, that happened, so, but yeah, you know, but yeah, I said, Keith, man, it's always good to catch up with you, you know. I said, people will know, too, back in the day when we was both a little bigger, we'd be at the I walk into the to the hotel uh gym, Keith already in there. He already then got started running. That's when we got our little you gotta get your five miles in. So get your five Keith, in yeah. Get your five uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure when Keith met me, I had to be a good three bills at least. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was a good I was a good three yeah. bills and you know, so it'd be like, okay, did you get your miles in today? Okay, well after the game, you know what you gotta do. I'm like, hold up, I ain't even paying this man. Why is he why is he making me run? <laughs> why he got, why why do I feel bad if I don't run today? <laughs> I'm like, let me go ahead and after the game, I think go ahead and knock out these miles before I, you know it it actually helped too because sometimes you had an early morning flight, you can't sleep anyway. Nah, so you can't. Okay. I, okay. I get up. You know, people don't know after a game. You, you know, you work. By the time you get to the hotel, it might be twelve thirty one in the morning. You might have a seven a.m. flight. Oof. You know, on, on them second or back to back, sometimes you're like, do I take the early flight? or Do I take that noon one o'clock flight and risk, you know, getting hey, delayed? Hey,
0: we, we, we was on some. Of the, we was on to some of them together, man. I was. I, I missed that wave when the family just ride on the team plane. So had to ride on the play, and get up in the morning. Get in Run a car back. Yeah, that's a hard life. Ain't yeah, because no I'd be like, right. I'd be like, Keith,
3: you don't need to get a car. I got a car.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: That's right. <laughs> we yeah, we just. And then I, I one last story before I let you go. I don't know if you remember this one. Uh, Kings played in Miami. You know, I got mm-hmm. sick. That I got sick in Miami, and I so it's, instead of instead of me hanging out, I spent the night before sweating out this cold in the lock in the in the uh, room. Then the next day, I'm covering the game, and I look like death. Keith Smart look at me like, "Are you gonna make it?" I'm like, oh, "I don't." I'm like, "I don't know if I'm gonna make it." And so I had a flight. They were playing Orlando, when Keith is in town. I'm like, and I'm like, "Hey man, I feel because we went to uh, there's a Hooters right by the arena. So after the yeah, game, we went over fly, there and got something to eat. And I said, "You know what? I don't think I'm gonna fly tomorrow. I'm gonna, think I'm gonna sleep in. <laughs> I'm just gonna sleep in." And then I'm just gonna keep the rental car and I'm gonna drive to Orlando. And so we mm-hmm. so me and Keith rode to Orlando. <laughs> it's not like a three, three and a half hour drive, but we went straight. <laughs> but we drove from Miami to Orlando, pulled up right to the arena for the game. <laughs> right. The game, right. <laughs> pulled pulled right into the media parking lot. So yeah, it's a lot of just yeah, we had a I ain't had no one to travel we got with after short that. Yeah, because once the Marcus got traded, I'm like, I ain't got no one to talk to after games, man. I said, this boy, I said, man, look at this. I ain't got no one to help me break down what I just saw, explain to me what I just saw. Like, please someone explain to me what they're doing. I had to figure it out on my own, or as George Carl once told me, <laughs> you're gonna write what you wanna write anyway. <laughs> Right. Shout, right. shout out to so George, George Carl for George being for, for being one of my that was, was crazy as it was. That was one of my most memorable years on the beat, hanging out. With. We we need to do a my year with George Carl B. We you definitely know, need that. A, a whole a whole, a whole podcast. That. You know, George telling me I'm gonna write what I want to write. You know, players asking me what's wrong with that man. Time George got <laughs> George got mad at me for tweeting about voluntary practice. <laughs> Because I basically said, "How are you gonna blow a seventeen point lead and then not practice the next day?" Yeah,
1: yeah, we need we need the George Carl Chronicles. We need that. <laughs> yeah,
3: maybe maybe get George on the show. I need to hit oh. up George. Me and me oh. and George, we didn't end on bad terms. George, I think George might George like laughed at one of my tweets a couple of weeks for April <laughs> Fool's Day. George might, you know, and and even it's funny. Even Cuz, I tell you, much as they clash, George opened up Cuz's game. He told because yeah. he said, shoot the three, you know, do, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to make this happen. So, but yeah, Keith, I said, appreciate it. Gla- yo. any gla- anytime. Glad we can like, have you like, on. This you is a fun me. one. Yeah, yes, sir.
0: Send me the clips. Send me the, 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 uh, the recording.
3: Oh, no doubt. No problem. No doubt. Definitely going to do
1: that. Yes, sir. Take care, Keith, man. Appreciate talking to you, bro. Yeah,
3: Anytime, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
0: Oh, uh, no, nah, don't worry. Anytime, anytime. Any time.